The fuck Mary kill question. Kill Tecmo. I Ooh. She was I was in the driver's seat and then there was five of us, so she was in the middle in the back seat, right? Yeah. And then I look in my rear view mirror and there's this chick looking straight <laughs> like smiling. The Bob check on taking your shirt off at the jaw. I just want to say that Deborah's opinion does not reflect the company, <laughs> nor, nor does it reflect Church and Sonage. Her opinions do not represent ours. My brother and I started Sonage, and we started it almost on a whim. Welcome back to Vibes Podcast, everybody. Vibes Behind Vibes the Vibes. camera is a boy, Dylan Dooley. I'm Davey D. And to my left, it is Captain Lebrizzle. Yes, boy. And today we have a very, very special episode for you today because we have a very, very special guest. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the kingdom of drum and bass, then our next guest requires no introduction whatsoever. For those of you who are joining us from the dungeons of techno, the planet of house, the bar down the street that serves like half price to kids <laughs> or something, then allow me to introduce to you the Bishop of Church, the Lord of Sonage, the King How's of it? the Jaybeg. <laughs> Rip. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Repulse in the studio. People come from near and far to see him perform. And even some say they've seen him alongside his most trusted chums, wielding his, mo ah, <laughs> wielding his most trusty weapon, a double-sided CDJ, <laughs> of which he wields too. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, lover of Sonics, king of parties, thrower of the dub plates, Repulse. Yes, <laughs> what an introduction. Thank you, man. Sure, man. Uh, we are very, I don't know if that portrayed a gas to have you here today. Yeah, man. Thank you, dude. Fuck. Super sick. Yeah, Ooh. super sick. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit excessive. I have a couple, <laughs> couple that I would like come back and forth on. But You, you so. know, we can, we can remix it. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll get we'll do the it studio together. <laughs> 100%. Otherwise, how are you doing? It's a big week for you. Big week last week as well. Yeah, good. No, yeah. super good, man. Flipping. Lots of work, lots of raves, lots of tunes to make, lots of stuff going on. Yeah, especially now, planning for the rest of the year, doing lots of signage stuff. So it's all it's all happening right now, boys, mm. if I'm honest. Um, lots of cool things on the horizon and lots of cool stuff that we're working on now, which is really rad. Then you are church this weekend. This will by the time this will be out, it'll be three days from then. So mm. um, yeah, hopefully you see the homies there. Really keen on that. Mm. And then yeah, just living my laugh, <laughs> my vibiest laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all you can really ask for, bro. I feel like yeah. the way that uh, from our introduction to church to what we've seen now, it feels like it's like nonstop. Like yeah, just, absolutely. I think we. We hit a run of consistency and when we started to see that consistency paid off, we all as collectively were like, okay, we're doubling down. Mm. You know, we're going this hard. Is the, this yeah, is the exactly. hard time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I feel like this is like the soft period. Like, can you tell us about like 
back in the day, like your first ever church party there in 2015 or 2016? Yeah, 2016, Rosebank, Capital Underground, the same venue where Toy Toy started back in the day in Addiction. I think we were naive as anything, and me and my homie Dino, we on one day sat on a couch and decided we were going to throw this, this drum and bass party. The name came about about 15 minutes later, Reyna was involved, and then, mm. yeah, it's kind of history from there. But those... <laughs> Those came with a different stress, like a lack of personal identity and like the brand and like you're not sure of all your decisions. But there's also something cool. It's like, yeah, you're just experiencing the world for the first time. You're like a child. Everything is amazing. Mm. You know, mm. oh, my God, people came to our party. Oh, my God, we sold 100 tickets. You know, yeah. all those like little things, really, they're very satisfying. And mm. the music industry often doesn't let you have a lot of satisfaction in your day-to-day -day work so it's just grab little pieces of satisfaction like that is super cool i would have just been by the door counting everyone inside i'm like they came for us yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it's surreal man and especially to see the juxtaposition of that and then where we are now it's like i even my dad looks at me he's like how the hell did you do it you know what i mean how did you guys man the random company that you started in the guest cottage couch <laughs> guest, in the guest cottage on the couch is now doing what it's doing. So yeah, it's it's cool, man. How were the growing phases for it from like starting a capital underground up until now? Like we had hard lessons and a lot of the hard lessons that we learned early on with church, we ended up becoming like seminal lessons that we applied to Sonage, which yeah. helped a lot of that kind of growing pain as well. Like put us in a good position there. Some of the weird stuff, dealing with venues, bro. The guy who owned that venue, he was the worst. <laughs> he was the worst. He, 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 like, had, he, like, held CDJs hostage one time. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy stuff. So, dealing with venues, dealing with venue owners, all that kind of thing. That was, like, the most challenging thing. And then, also, you get your first, like, kind of artist interactions. You Or mm. your first couple of screw-ups. You blow a sound system here. You lose... A bit of gear there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so all that kind of like defines who you are. You know, it's like the building blocks of what your end product becomes, which yeah. is super cool. That's so, That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you guys better have good questions. That's all I'm saying. I've had to answer good questions. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Yeah, we got the best questions. Do Hopefully, delete all the questions. <laughs> delete all the <laughs> we questions. Need every single question to be new. So I feel like. First, we want to know from you, from a DJ perspective, as Repulse, mm. where was like the catalyst moment for you? What was the first time where like you you looked at a CDJ and were like, actually, fuck this, like, I want to... Uh, DJing came way later than making music. So mm. it started with me playing guitar, playing in rock and metal bands in high school, then got into varsity studying jazz composition crazy stuff there mm. and then at some point in that jazz degree and that classical degree i was just like ah oh, let me just start messing around with software and stuff and i got into ableton and then from there i started to like pick apart electronic music make my first like bad beats you know doing all that kind mm. of thing and i'd say that all being a musician kind of started when i was about 12 13 but that properly started when i was about 19 18 19 first year and then getting presented with like software and like digital music technology super exciting especially because i was being pushed in varsity with this very classical traditional thinking about music through classical music and mm -hmm. jazz music those were like the kind of structures with which we were creating and with 
electronic music i had no real lecture do you know what i mean yeah. it was like the thing i moonlighted i bunked class to do <laughs> that thing yeah. which, so that was pretty cool and that's how i kind of started with electronic music first gigs came a couple of years later maybe second third year i'm nine, uh, 21 22 started playing like varsity parties got first couple of gigs through vish who's still in the scene oh, you might know yeah. he gave my me and tom our first couple of gigs yeah. and then from there got into drum and bass through two of my other friends ryan and tom you know tom son of dad and yeah the rest is all just a long line of more of the same you know it's mm. like okay going drum and bass parties making your first couple of bad drum and bass tunes then you start a party get good at <laughs> djing get a bit better at making tunes and then it just kind of snowballs and you you roll in that confidence you know mm, yeah 100 yeah. percent. and i feel like you've been in the scene for literally like it feels like since its inception, like no. stalking your Instagram <laughs> and going very far down. It feels like you actually deep. You, eh? we, were, uh, we went. If you saw what sweets we have to your left, oh, you hey, know. Hello, are you hungry? Well, here at Vibes Podcast, we only provide the best sweets. I oh, know. Is it white rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> the best drugs. Hey? The best drugs. drugs yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I remember posting that. I was so hyped. I got so many likes. People had like my sense of humor with that. It was excellent. <laughs> we love White uh, Rabbit too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. White Rabbits. Anyway, if you don't finish those. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the previous question you were asking? Um, oh, this, being so long in the scene. Nah, dude. I think we, we kind of got properly into drum and bass, I would say about 2012. 2011, 2012, we got into our first drum and bass parties. And at that point, there was already this like whole established scene. You know, it was Rude One, it was Nisco mm-hmm. One, it was Hyphen. Maybe guys you don't maybe know, like Reaper or Mr. Green or oh, like, these are the guys who are like our first like heroes, you know? So I think it would be remiss of me to say that I was there from inception because there were really amazing people doing really amazing mm. things for a long time before me mm. or Rayner or Tom or any of the Sonage guys got there, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Was Sonage the conception of like you just saying, I want to like make a venue for drum and bass and other like types of genres that don't get like the recognition um, they deserve? And no. Then- so my brother and I started Sonage mm. and we started it almost on a whim you know we yeah. were doing we were building electronics and we were doing studio stuff and we would have this uh the space in stratum park not the signage we are at now but a previous space yeah and we it literally started with us being like well we have the space we should just have oaks over for beers yeah. that was like that it was that simple initially mm. and then oaks over for beers turned into okay it's oaks over for beers but there's a dj yeah. you know yeah and then a month a month or two goes by and then you're like okay Craig's coming, he's got a whole bunch of free weed and we're going to put it down <laughs> and then there's a whole bunch of oaks, beers, a DJ oh, and now there's a band. You yeah. know, so it like kind of grew <laughs> yeah. like that and then eventually a homie of ours, Tim, he had this metal band, this doom metal band called Mad God and we loved them and they wanted to throw a gig and we're like, Neil and I were like, you know, we, we could just do it. So we built the PA, we built the back line, we built a little stage, we put up a couple of lights and we started throwing our first band gigs, you know, and it was literally like, our homie Alex Verbon, he would work the door, Neil would work the bar, and I would work all the sound and tech. No one's watching the venue, but those were the three people <laughs> working the whole no, thing. No, you don't know who's actually in the venue yet. You just yeah, exactly. There's no eyes <laughs> on the place whatsoever. It's just these the three people who are like right at the base. And then shortly after that, we got Alex Turner involved. He started working bar, and then that grew. And then we got this guy, and then we got that guy. And it all kind of puzzle piece together and then eventually Neil and I were like okay we can do this full-time there's yeah. cash here there's 
scenes that are underserviced and there's musics that we're really hyped about that we want to like provide for and get involved with and this was like the opportunity so we're just like bang it yeah. i need to jump in what you know alex Verbon at after yeah. no way bro, <laughs> i studied with him at bits dude no yeah bro <laughs> yeah dude that's He's so cool yeah dude he used to he would like work the door at the original signage dude that was like and he him and i were working on film music at the time together and we were working on compositions and all sorts of like cubase stuff yeah that's how so cool, crazy small fucking world this world is one of the standard things i think about sonage that everybody that we've ever brought always talks about even us at the i think start, i'm like, the one that tells them about it david's there at the door like guys have you seen the lights but generally like the production as a whole like from the sound to the lights itself to just everything that goes on in there yeah like, is that something that you put a lot of like thought and effort into is that what you want the standout piece to be or i have this cheeky tagline that i tell people sometimes and it's that sonage is the only venue that i've ever been to where the owners are working tech mm. and it shows yeah. do you know what i mean For it's yeah. like the guys who are hyper invested in this thing financially emotionally even physically those are the people who are like rolling cables controlling the lights mm. triggering visuals mm. making sure the sounds okay mm. and that's like kind of something fundamental to my brother and i is that we're both techies and we're both really into music so even though we've kind of detached from those realms a bit now we're still directly managing all those people so both the installation and the build of how it's done and as well as the people and the kind of approach and philosophy to like how you control those lights it's mm -hmm. cool to have lights all over the show but is that lighting guy going back to back with the DJ? Mm. That's like oh. the thing that you have to get in your mind. You have to rise and fall and push and pull with the artists. And DJs is one thing, but now can that guy do that with a random metal band? Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. going here and there and they've got all sorts of co like contrast in their music. Mm. So that's like the thing that we really try to instill with the lighting and the visuals and the tech is that it's not just a part of the performance but it's like the performance do you know what i mean mm. you are performing alongside the artist now oh, that's the thing that's so nice to me because the triangles that reach out to them it puts you like right into it and so mm. like you're saying that it feels like you're part of everything that yeah. puts you like right inside of it yeah and the way the triangles were built is the theory is like it's like this kind of collaged or kind of mosaiced wave that's coming over people mm. and the idea is mm. that it's like pulling in that's the kind of thing yeah so it's yeah. super cool man it's and it's really cool to meet people like you guys and see that have, that go to raves they're like this is really cool and it's something mm. unique because i think it's super unique to yeah. neil my brother and it's super unique to me and we yeah we cherish the opportunity to, we're fortunate you know not everyone can just open a crazy venue but we fucking we work hard and we managed to make it happen and it's it's super satisfying it's super satisfying mm. Mm. that must be so beautiful man and in terms of sonage is there anything like right now that you're like this is this is what's coming next like we saw you got new speakers as well for the venue or is it like no not new speakers yet oh, but okay. i think neil and i we've we've had a couple of iterations of this version of sonage in terms of like the build and like what happens with the lights and led screens and stuff and we are in the process of getting the new concept rolling that's as much as i can say for okay. right now. Uh, yeah okay. so like the, the talk the talk has started we've started kicking stones down the hill see if we can start some sort of avalanche but yeah we we're in we're, we're at the drawing board right now mm, that's mm. Beautiful. do you think you'll ever be satisfied with it 
or not satisfied but content with where it's at and not want to go more no i think if you get to that point you have to quit just solid take the payday move on do you know what i mean because if you're not gonna like if you're not if you're not putting that creative energy in there and you're not like leaving a part of yourself in that world you're missing out do you know what i mean it doesn't feel as good yeah no i think we'll we've still got a long way to go and i think we've only just starting to scratch the surface of what we can do in like an entertainment space or like an arts creating space so now we're we're really looking to stretch ourselves in that sense. To jump back around. Yeah, go for it. It's good. Yeah. To go into like, obviously following the trend of like making things bigger and always like putting your all into it, putting your soul into it from your uh, perspective of your music production. Mm. So from like when you started making like lo-fi beats in 2015. <laughs> I, I made a few lo-fi beats. <laughs> you have to. It's like it was part of the course back then. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to like the fucking spectacle of like music that you have now like on your spotify even the bootlegs on soundcloud which we'll get into <laughs> and like your songs being featured on like dust capitals radio as well mm-hmm. like how from a production perspective how much do you value that i think that's in my kind of like uh field of vision in terms of like what i do as a job and what i do as a hobby and what i do i think I've once again made making music for my drum and bass, the repulse drum and bass alias. That's like the thing that I bunk class for now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the thing that I think about while I'm at work, while I should be working. <laughs> and that kind of point of view, when it's not the thing that you've got a deadline for or the thing that bring, feeds the cats at the end of the month or that kind of thing, <laughs> then it can be your like little thing that you're like holding back. You're like, oh, this is my little thing. And no. from that perspective, it's immensely satisfying, dude. There's no money to be made really unless you're a multi multi-million, you know. Mm. But and there's no there's no value beyond what you get out of it for yourself. So it's immensely satisfying to be able to make those tunes and then play those tunes and then have people connect with them or react to them or to see people going crazy at your jaw, your tune, you know, it all uh. like it piles on. So it becomes a really good, really good feeling. And it's hard. It's super hard because it's demoralizing to like get there and make the tune and you have to be cuck for a bit and it's always going to sound cuck until it doesn't Mm. and to push through that thing is hard but it's so satisfying getting to the end of that thing it's like crazy workouts or like a cross country you know it's like Mm. it kills you but the satisfaction at the end is like a high in itself Mm. you say comparatively like making music like when you're saying jazz music and everything is it drum bass a lot harder or is it in the sense it's all kind of flow and it's difficulties like Every genre of music has its flow in difficulty. I think the thing that makes drum and bass hard is not necessarily the musical notes you're putting in, not mm. the compositional aspects, but the sound design is the hard thing. You know, that's the thing. Getting your bass lines to talk to each other in that way, like they have like kind of a mouth movement, where the vowels move of a bass line, you know, it growls or mm-hmm. it screeches. That is really hard. And then the little technical bits of drum and bass, the little bits of ear candy, or it's like the fills or like the, how often it changes. I, Alex Maria Faze from Cape Town, he once said it brilliantly to me. To give context, he was a drum and bass producer, amazing drum and bass producer who got like a couple thousand listens on his tunes, right? Mm-hmm. Like two weeks into being a techno producer, he had tens of thousands of listeners. So like that's oh, that's yeah, his oh, no. and he was he, he always said to me that drum and bass with a techno tune, you need one 
or one and a half great ideas for a techno tune mm. for a drum and bass tune you need like six great ideas right. <laughs> you know I mean? so just from that perspective it's, yeah. it's more demanding because it's changing quicker Hopefully, so that's yeah, yeah there's yeah, lots of little technicalities in drum and bass mm. and it's like i couldn't even describe to someone what i would want to happen <laughs> making a drum and bass it's like we need to get the we don't have the we 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 don't have the it's exactly that man Yeah, but if you can sing it, you can make it, you know? That's the thing. So you're like mm. halfway there. I work with people sometimes. I'm like, just, just sing what you're saying. I'm not going to judge you. We're here to make a thing. And mm. they're like, oh, no. I don't do it. this, man. I'm not a singer. But yeah, <laughs> if you can sing it, you can play it. You can make it, you know? Yeah. So it's important. 100%. I can't fathom that. Like the thought that you can make a note that I can like, in the sense, like I can go, whoa, 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 and you can do that. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not... Yeah, yeah, I'm not, not, not like that. No, no, no. I'm 3D printing <laughs> yeah, baselines here. But I'm just saying the thought process between. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because I can't do music. No, don't oh. worry, it's calm. Oh, brilliant. Oh. We'll just use audios from your Twitch streams and build the song then. <laughs> I wanted to ask, was that, did that start as, was that purely a meme song? What, so the guy with the Chomps. Twitch streamer? Yeah. Jono? By Jono, who's a really creative, really amazing dude. He reached out to me one day through another guy, another homie of ours, Ryan Frey, who works for Ramfest and Fokuf Bar, I think. And he was like, this guy, he's a gamer. He's looking for tunes for his thing. And I knew of Jono and he, they connected. And Jono just sent me clips and clips from his Twitch streams. And it was like some really funny stuff, dude. Some mm. really like Oaks raging at each other, Oaks breaking controllers, like all <laughs> sorts of weird stuff. And he was like, yeah, I'll just sample it and see if anything comes out. And something did come out. And it was pretty good, I think. Mm, yeah. I actually, Max Bortz, who's uh, mm -hmm. DJ Bortz, he, yeah, he played that tune a bunch. And I couldn't actually believe it. Because I, I was like, oh, it's a cool tune. But it's not like, it's almost too meme-y. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like a meme that not everyone gets. But yeah. Jono's community really got it. You know, they all mm. knew that video. so that, And they knew the way that he speaks and that thing so it became it was good for them but i didn't expect people who were not involved in that community to be into it mm. yeah to like it so that's much. beautiful yeah it's cool cool tune Chums. <laughs> Chums. that's the one hey that's crazy <laughs> and speaking of the tune speaking of the sampling mm. specifically the bootlegs yeah bootlegs uh, how uh, how do you go from wanting to like sample a tune or make your own tune or like I, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, but bootlegs are cool because they're kind to you. Do you mm. know what I mean? They're like, they come associated with memories pre-installed. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. you can attach on, latch onto that piece of music much easier, both as the creator and as like the listener receiver. Mm. So yeah, they're cool. And I do, I often do bootlegs when I'm like, when I don't have like the internal motivation to be like, okay, I have to make art now, mm. you know, like some days you wake up and like, I'm going to make art. And some days you wake up and you're like, I'm going to make memes. <laughs> When I want to make memes, then I whip out bootlegs, you know, that's yeah, the cool thing. But 100%. yeah. And the, there's some good ones and the people love them, dude. DJs love them. The crowd loves them. So yeah, 100%. with that point of view, it's easy to keep doing them. Mm, yeah 100. i still think it's a nice break like a breaking in point as well mm, to get mm. new audiences because that's how we kind of got into it that whole what this dakota was saying lewd all of lewd's tracks basically yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the like that's the fine line with the bootlegs thing is you have to not fall into the lewd yeah trap, you can't you know just what I mean? yeah. if you're just known for your bootlegs you have to have balance there mm. if you're just known for your bootlegs then you're just a lewd 
<laughs> it's, it's just like, yeah, Ray and I, yeah, we're like, we talk about who we want to book for the internationals and stuff, and Lude comes up and like, oh no, but it's just bootlegs, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has to be like pieces of music that touch people, and also pieces of music that like are just cool. You know, land down under, it's cool tune. I like yeah. it. It was like ten percent better when it was against the drum and bass beat, but it's enough now. for the ninth time, it's like, please, I don't yeah, want to exactly. go. There. Yeah, exactly. We burnt that tune out quickly. Yeah, I think everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> Burned that one. Yeah. How does it work in booking your international artists? Like, is it really just a thing of you like them and you want, and then it's there's a whiteboard. The whiteboard, excuse me. There's a whiteboard, and then at some point the whiteboard became a Google Drive of like we just throw names against it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just throw like, okay, what's your craziest idea? Okay, we're gonna book Pendulum. Okay, yeah. maybe a bit too crazy. Let's take a yeah. step down, and we come up with a short list for each of the dates that we have set so we set we're like okay we want to do four a year we're going to have and we group them all and we're like okay for this one that we're doing and in november or whatever we've got these four artists so we'll email all of their managements and we'll like see if there's interest if they can fit the rates if they're like happy for the dates and then from there it's just like you throw the fishing line and every now and then you get a bite and then you have to have a contractual negotiation with this fish. Mm-hmm. And if they are happy with that, then you pull them on board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's cool. It's also so amazing because each of all the agencies have their difficulties as dealing with any business does. Mm-hmm. But sometimes some of the people that even the agents that you meet and the like the the tour the tour management and stuff, they they become quite cool people and they become your ins for your next artist. Oh, you know? So like for instance, Delta Heavy and Tantrum Desire were the same agency but because oh. tantrum desire went all good it was much easier to negotiate delta heavy yeah, you know? yeah. i think it's also scary for people who come from the uk or the us or whatever like okay we're gonna send this enormous asset to the bottom of africa yeah. by himself <laughs> kind of like not knowing really what's gonna yeah. happen so they take the leap of faith and if you reward that if you like do well in that instance then they're like okay we can work with us you know yeah. and then we've the next artist we book was a reference of Delta Heavy's management, not his booking agent, but his actual manager. It's the same. And we are moving forward with that. So, And it's been so easy because of how smooth the Delta Heavy tour was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, fishing, contractual negotiation with the fish. Yeah. And then you get them. Yeah. Wait, when do you take time to step away from the business side of it to be like what the fuck did we just do <laughs> i have this joke with my girlfriend that it's called like the monday morning victory lap do you know what i mean so yeah. it's like this friday is the gig in cape town saturday is the gig in joburg and then sunday is dealing with your energy levels and getting the artist back onto a plane and mm-hmm. then when you wake up on monday morning there's the victory lap then it's all the boys no one's really yeah. working that monday you're sitting drinking coffee smoking vape just talking cuck about the gig and that's those moments are when i kind of take a step back and then also i make a point to take a step back at the gig which i did really well with renee levice i actually spent you won't believe this for the first time in like three years maybe since the pandemic mm. i haven't been to the front row of a dance floor but at Rene Levice, <laughs> I, was at <laughs> the front row, I was at the front row of the dance floor, so that was very satisfying yeah. but that was a good yeah that was awesome to like actually 
okay we did it it's yeah. it's done he's on there the sets are almost done like job's over you know <laughs> yeah, i didn't really plan Good anything job, right now yeah exactly 100 uh, percent. even when Evs and i saw you they were like look at so he's yeah. just having fun <laughs> just kind of so like you it. saw me there yeah. <laughs> so now you know now you know what was happening there that was me yeah. taking my little victory lap you know it's just okay, like a we, moment of clarity the job. Like, yeah. yes that's done. so beautiful oh mm. god no, that feels like a special moment, man. I was even going to say, just that thought process of listening to artists, like on Spotify and everything, like, oh, I get to open for this artist now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I see it as like, oh, I'm going to put myself in a huge amount of debt. Hopefully he's not. <laughs> <that game. laughs> every, every song he plays, like, that's money. That's money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you watch the ticket sales come through, you're like, oh, very satisfying. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have um, a favorite jewel that you've thrown? Like, do you have one that stands out for you? Or they're all just kind of... I think the novelty of the E. Nigel was super special, especially mm-hmm. in Joburg. It was the most full Sonage had ever been up until that point. It was the most people that we'd ever had at a church po- party up until that point. And then I was playing and then handing over to E. Nine. I had a cracker set, I had an absolute banger. And then handing over to him and I was just on the side of the stage. Like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like, like, what it's are like, you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happening. And that's... That show was super special. Again, I think it's the novelty of it yeah. being the first international that we bought mm. in like this kind of phase of church. And yeah, that I look back super fondly. Also, this Rene Levice one, maybe it's because it's the most recent, you know, it's mm. the first one and the it's last so one. So clear in your mind. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's the one that I have the most memory of. The rest, it's, they're all starting to get patchy now. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this Rene Levice one was so beautiful, man. You guys have a good time, hey? Oh, yes. It was amazing. And oh, then also just the, the piano at the end of that entire... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, him playing piano in the green room. I was... Yeah. Like, I think, like, Liz and I were talking to the code and, like, everyone just stopped in that room just to, like, watch him play piano. It was like, what's happening? Yeah, I took a video of that and then we were at the... We were at on a safari, as he called it, the next mm. day, and I was showing him this, and he's like, "I have no memory of that." And yeah, I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> well, we're, don't Tight. worry, we'll remember forever. <laughs> exactly, that's an ever core memory. Exactly. Oh god, that's beautiful. Mm. I've lost the vape. That's uh, the, it's the biggest travesty of my whole life. Right, I got we it. need to find the fucking vape. <laughs> the white rabbit's not enough if he doesn't have smoke in his lungs. Oh, dude, uh. you must ask my girlfriend, man. Every time. She knows when I've lost my vape because she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, tears. <laughs> tears. Just tears. And she's like, where's your vape? And I'm like, I don't know. If I, I knew, I wouldn't be crying. <laughs> I was, we were in Singapore airport. We had like an eight hour layover. And in like the first two hours, I was like, babe, I lost my vape. Oh no. No, oh, dude. And there's no vapes in the Singapore say, airport, bro. Like, they don't. And eventually we were at the one cafe that we got a coffee and that lady found my vape and put it in lost property. It was the happiest I've, I was, I've ever been. Because <laughs> also the sneaky vape on the airplane, it like gets you through there. So. Oh, yeah. We don't condone sneaky vapes. No sneaky unless vapes. Unless it's good. <laughs> no sneaky vapes. Unless you do it sneaky enough. <laughs> then we don't know. Oh. So, again, talking about that previous church i saw a picture of you dodds and re and rain man mm. from way back in tennessee's and pretoria oh wow crazy versus this lo- past like church where it was literally like the three of you and i remember standing there and it looked like the most beautiful shot ever because like you're busy on decks and then rain man's busy egging on the crowd yes. from the front and dodds is on the mic and then just thinking the juxtaposition of those two moments what do you how do you 
is it still as fun as it was like the first time as it is now or is it even more fun now oh it's even more fun now man i think we we were just in it for the vibe back then it wasn't about like there was like no real cash or whatever and it was all like it was all kind of fun by night you know it was just like mm. it came and it went and it didn't really mean anything but now now it's cool because i feel like we're starting to make a difference you know mm -hmm. we're starting to like we drew a line in the sand and we like stuck to our guns and we like wouldn't planted ourselves and wouldn't move and now like the roots are starting to dig you know so it's like starting to like make a real difference and i think hopefully other promoters other people can be like okay hey, internationals are viable you can grow it because as soon as you've got internationals coming in you can send your your locals you can export them you know mm, there's yeah. that bridge gets created so i think now it's even better because we're doing we're having the same fun it's like the homies we're playing tunes for each other we're just vibing but we are building there's like something mm. there's growth you know so that is super satisfying and then being able to like look back and look forward and like see where you are and that there's still room to grow that's also super cool mm. so yeah i don't i don't think we're having any less fun i think the fun that we're having it means more in a sense because of that growth you know and because you're making a difference you and having an impact on regular people's lives you know that's like our job in the creative industry is like you have to like hold a mirror up to society and you have to like help society let loose and keep in check and like it is your function to like support the real world economy from moving you know mm -hmm. in its movement mm -hmm. and being able to do that successfully and effectively is really good that's really satisfying yeah that's, so that's such a sick way to look at it <laughs> <laughs> every fucking five seconds with us man We're like god damn man you're such a great outlook on life fuck me <laughs> oh, it comes from having a not great outlook on life for a long time and then like having your reality checked a little you have some fuck ups you like mm. have some personal calamities along the way but a good amount of crying mm -hmm. and then you learn to deal with it and the sooner you learn to deal with it you get your shit together and then you start to build and that's the that momentum you know it's so good because once the wave starts moving then you move with the wave and you you're know, just cruising basically. life's not happening to you anymore you start to happen to life and that's what i felt with <sighs> church and more importantly signage because in the last couple of years it's like that momentum it's super good I was even going to say with Sonic, one of the coolest things for me is I'll speak to like techno fans, I'll speak to drum and bass fans, I'll speak to rock fans and heavy metal fans. And it was like, oh, is that a draw with Sonic? Oh, sure, I've been to Sonic before. And it's like, you've got such a diverse group of people mm -hmm. that have this now, th this thing in common now, where it's like, oh, yes. we've been to Sonic, we loved it, it was amazing kind of thing. It's yeah. like, how did it, like, I know obviously you said the start of was with just playing bands and everything, but. Oh, I just love that place so much. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it comes from my brother Neil and I. We were very musically agnostic is like this catchphrase we've kind of coined. Mm. And that comes from when we were kids, we were listening to bands, we were listening to DJs, we were listening to all sorts of stuff. And then as we got into varsity in real life, we our musical horizons expanded even further, you know? And mm. I think that was important. Like I... Some of my absolute favorite music is Aesop Rock, which is hip hop, you know, and then some of my other favorite music is like Eric Prides, which is like a, a EDM or like a electro house kind of thing. But then I have deep roots in metal and deep roots in punk, but I, my, my work is drum and bass, you know, so mm. I think there was a lot of scenes in South Africa that were really well serviced, you know, your mm. commercial thing, your Tiger Tigers, your Nikki Beaches, that mm. thing is sorted. <laughs> yeah. It's on lock. They've got it. We don't need any more of that, yeah, you know as well as 
the there's like a certain house music thing also got it unlocked no one needs to contribute further to that but there was other scenes that were falling by the wayside metal drum and bass and those are the things that we were like we care very deeply about these not necessarily more deeply than the other musics but they're the scenes that need help you know? mm-hmm. and these are the things that we feel like our personalities can connect with the personalities in those scenes and that's what we really like focused on like one of our goals at the beginning of i think it was last year or this year we're like we're going to have a metal party every month and we're going to have a drum and bass party every month. That was like, that was like the, the baseline of our business, you mm. know? And then everything over and above that is bonus. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that musical agnosticism, that's, that's like the hard hitting thing. And then for a long time we had this, the rule of cool, you know, we're like, is it cool? Then it can come. That was it. That was oh. like our entire baseline for, do we want to do the show or not? It was like, does it satisfy the rule of cool? Mm. You know? And the rule of cool, like, if there's a hundred thousand rand sponsor for the event, it's cool no matter what. <laughs> but if it's a shitty event that you just have to do, it's not so cool. And then yeah. it's like, uh, you know. so rule of cool. That's where it's at. And I'm assuming Warhammer on Wednesdays fits rule of cool. Warhammer Thursdays. <laughs> oh, Thursdays you know. now. Yeah, shout out Legion crew. Those oaks, those are the most real people, bro. The <laughs> nerds, bro. And I'm proud. I love them to bits, dude. They keep me grounded. They they're the best dude and those people they the other amazing thing is none of those people know me as repulse or church or sonage or any of that so they like treat me like a normal person which mm. is excellent you know because yeah, as well i think in the scene it's nice to be a bit anonymous every now and then but i've lost that because of church and sonage in a way mm-hmm. i'm not complaining that i have paparazzi but <laughs> i'm saying that like you go out and there's a lot of people who want to say how's it or people like you feel you. like i sh- it's it would be disrespectful if I don't say hello to this person at mm-hmm. least last the day. The Warhammer gang don't give a f- <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Dude. They're awesome. I yeah. was there for two hours. Not one of them said anything yeah. to me. No one mentioned music once. In fact, there was these two people were super lust to like work with us in either a signage or a church capacity. Had been never. They came to the war games to like try and network me. Oh, and no. I was like, bro, I'm, Wrong time. I'm rolling dice with my homies, bro. I'm literally, <laughs> I'm casting powers with my wizard right yeah. now in my psychic phase. And now you want to ask me about a rate for the venue. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's a million rand. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, I was just angry. Yeah. One billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. Right now. <laughs> Otherwise, get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, war games crew. Love those dudes. They're oh. my favorite, bro. Oh, that's beautiful, man. So, at this part of the episode, at this crossroads, we like to get into a little segment here called Vibe Checks. Bob, David, Bob. tell the people what a Vibe Check is. A Vibe Check is essentially where we give Repulse, or Francois, um, question based question based on good vibes, bad vibes, or mid vibes. And he's going to answer, and he doesn't have to elaborate, <laughs> but he can. <laughs> No oh, man, let's go. And let's do it. Hundred <laughs> percent. So the first one, we heard that this caused quite a stir in the office, so we had Big to chaos. fucking bring it up. <laughs> but Vibe check on taking your shirt off at the jaw. I just want to say that Deborah, Deborah's opinion does not reflect the company, <laughs> nor, nor does it reflect the general thoughts from Church and Sonage. Her opinions do not represent ours, and. Let's get a vibe check on comeuppance for a second. 
because I think there are big vibes on comeuppance for Debbie and her shirtless men at Sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard I'm, it got I'm, gla- I'm glad you brought that up because 100%. I was also going to say. Yeah. So Ooh. big vibe, no vibe on terrible vibe on shirts off at the rave. Yeah. But at a festival outside, everyone take Live your clothes your off. Yeah. Everyone take your clothes off. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Small sweaty clubs. Get Rather that shirt on, bro. Yeah. I think yes. I got picked up by the guy even. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's like you get attached and it's like, oh, whoa, yeah, exactly. whoa. That's deep, dude. Yeah, I was at Ann Club this weekend, Saturday, and there was a guy without a shirt, and I was like, you are getting pneumonia, my dude. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Bro. So cold. <laughs> Your body might feel hot, but it's not. It just isn't. No. If he walks out, you can see him steaming off everywhere. <laughs> oh, but I feel like, Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh, I did it at the back of Sonnage. Sonnage is big. Sonnage is huge, bro. Massive. Yeah, exactly. So many. And as long as you are containing your sweat and vibes, then that's mid vibe. Exactly. Oh, mid vibe. Mid vibe. Yeah, 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 but if you're that oak yeah. who's doing this with your sweat, no vibe. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's the DJs. No it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> in Europe, that's why they have those glass things in front of the DJ, bro. It's not because of drinks, because of sweat. Guaranteed, bro. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, gross. Exactly. Something hot in here. Now. <laughs> uh, oh, god. So we're gonna get into our viewer vibe checks now. So these are the ones that you guys submit on our Instagram account. Make sure you go check out Vibes Podcast on the IG. The first vibe check comes from Ross at C, and it's a vibe check on spinning back tracks after a crazy drop. You get one per set. If you do it more than once, I'm not interested. But <laughs> if you get that one that is so huge or you've like changed it to a halftime drop and you spin it back, no man, I'll buy it. Oh, I'll chew. Mm. You yeah. know? <laughs> Second time, no vibe. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so it's a depends vibe, yeah. that mm. one, you know? Conditional. Because there's Oaks who, who take the piss, definitely. Yeah. Even Oaks and scene take the piss. And they play church and I'm like, you know... Do I speak to this person? Nah, I'm not <laughs> that's you. That's the vibe you want to create, man. I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> your prerogative. <laughs> I've never, I've, I haven't heard it up here in Joburg. Like the first time I've heard it was only like Dakota doing it down in Cape Town. And it was like, I don't know. There's so many moments where I'm like, let's put it back. Let's put it back. You got everyone on the leash. I think it's hard to get there as a DJ. You know, you have to like, what? possesses you you've like built this vibe for like 10 15 <laughs> 20 30 minutes you've like got this consistent flow and then you're just like nah dude you didn't draw hard enough <laughs> so it's actually kind of like it's like a low level insult to the crowd you know it's uh, like you didn't react the way i anticipated now nah, do it again yeah. uh, I do it better. Yeah. no i think what's cool if you backspin it while something else is coming in and it's like part of the thing but if you backspin to silence you it's jarring you know people on the Mm. mdma trips gonna have a bad time dude Mm, (laughs) don't do drugs don't do drugs but if you do then we're gonna listen to greater parties that don't backspin (laughs) (laughs) what what is it actually like culturally do you know like where it came from no idea i think in the UK, people shout reload at you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, then the okay. crowd demands it. Yeah. You play a banger, the whole crowd shouting reload because it came out of nowhere or they want to hear it again. Then justified. You know, your yeah. audience, the yeah. people who you are performing to and the people who are paying money to be there, they pay your salary, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they buy tickets that goes through the promoter to your DJ set fees. They, if they want to reload, if they really want it, they can do it. I remember watching Mephjus in Carfax in for siren sound back in the day 
And there was one point where I think the promoter almost forced him to reload. And I saw he was like visibly upset <laughs> about this promoter, like putting him in such a position to reload that he was playing Sunday Crunk, his remix of Sunday Crunk, and he he let it build. The first time he played a different tune and then it built and then it dropped into that Sunday Crunk. And then that's when the reload came. Then the second time he played Sunday Crunk, but he played the intro and then when it dropped, new tune altogether so uh, he actually like got back yeah, at that like, I'm, not gonna reload. I'm not reloading it properly <laughs> you yeah. think i am yeah it's cool i learned something from f just that day that's hmm. oh, man. That's dope. dave you ever want to reload tunes on the vast podcast oh I, I didn't even know this was a thing that's my biggest fear the, now is that like if i ever heard like when i heard laser beam from delta heavy i would have mm. that's the one time i would have requested <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh, Fuck, actually. yeah you should just go the next rave that you go to, just go up to any DJ at like a random spot and just shout reload at them. <laughs> just completely randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you guys like, man, you really like those Vice Polka guys, but they asked me to reload like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's what just the fuck? guy is like playing liquid and you're just like, reload. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what reload? <laughs> like the middle of Marvel, like, reload it. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking tech house DJ looking at you like what? It's like oh no no my USB is playing I can't I can't go back. <laughs> we know you didn't learn to do this. Yeah, imagine asking a techno DJ to fucking reload. You're like I'll oh, hear yeah. it again. I think asking a techno DJ to do anything. Oh dude. <laughs> no, if if we're being honest, if we're being honest, if we could get into this properly. Oh David. <laughs> So that's Debbie done with the Psytrance promoters and you done with the techno promoters. I think I think just comparatively <laughs> comparatively techno and drum and bass for me that because also when I do a lot I do bartending, there's always a DJ by me mm. and in the, he's playing this like the biggest like drop ever, but he's doing this. It's like two knobs and yeah, exactly. Drum and bass DJs are working hard, bro. Yeah. I guarantee you that you have to be working fast. hard. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. Yeah. So last vibe check. This one comes from Luke Horseman. He has a it's a social media related question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says vibe check on people who don't have any posts or highlights on their Instagram profile. <laughs> no, somebody. No, who's... no vibe. Bad vibe. <laughs> Bad vibe. <laughs> don't trust it. We the weirdest one is I get booking requ- not booking requests but people submitting demos to play parties or get tunes or whatever to both church and signage and then they're like oh check out my instagram there's nothing on your instagram <laughs> like, there's literally nothing here you know you've got like zero posts and 12 followers and i don't know what to do with that so yeah, no yeah. bad vibe bad is the vibe bad vibe oh, post just one there just mm. one thing just even one, if it's like a smile yeah exactly <laughs> smile yeah, send it with the cat exactly <laughs> yeah it'll go down well yeah, exactly. pictures of white rabbits <laughs> Uh, does that ever play a factor into who you book like social media presence i I think people the fact that people have so often told me that it should factor in i've like almost counter reacted to that and i'll if you're a cool dj because church is like vibing by itself and the bookings come and people want those bookings i can be like okay dude come play the show regardless of what your social media looks like you know i don't i don't need the local djs to sell the party anymore Mm. Mm -hmm. I now can be more giving to them. You know, I can be like, you don't have the best social media, but you're a great DJ. Here it is. Come do it. And yeah. I can like help these dudes build or give them a bit more spotlight or like share their stuff. But no, I 
I don't think it ever did. The only thing that really bugs me is if I can't tag a fan page on Facebook. Because then I've got seven DJs out of eight in blue writing and one DJ in black writing. Oh, and that grinds my gears oh, just from an OCD me. point of view. <laughs> what your social media looks like. As long as it's like a little classy and you've got like your thing, you know, mm-hmm. that's more important than if it is good or objectively good or bad. If you've got your thing and you're committed to it and you're stoked about it, that's more important. Mm. Mm. And to all the aspiring drum and bass DJs looking to play at one of the biggest events in the country right now, what would you tell them? How would they go about it? I think the most important thing, I'm always so... I. I make it a rule for church that we have to have new faces every church. You know, at every church, there's a brand new face on the lineup, someone who hasn't been there before. But the only caveat is I can't, church can't be your first gig. Mm. That's the thing. I can't be your first gig. I need you to at least have played a couple times, but I'm so stoked to book new promoters. And I'm, I've got people in the scene that I default to their opinions when I don't know about the, the DJ, like, the one person I ask all the time is Kyle Donny Basco. I mm. ask him all the time, like, oh, what about this DJ? What about this DJ? And then another one is Liam Soul Pillars. Like those oh, two dudes, yeah. I'm always asking about DJs that I've played for them or like, and I've had them ask me in return about DJs. So promoters, more than people realize, talk to each other. And I think that's the one really healthy thing about our drum and bass scene at the moment. Because, because it got so small, and now it's starting to grow. The people who stuck through it all know each other. And we've made, a. I think there's a more concerted effort for there to be like less drama in the drum and bass scene and like less infighting and more just like everyone's in it because they're into it, you know? Mm. And so promoters will talk to each other about DJs and stuff like that, at least in the drum and bass scene. Yeah. Even one of our questions was, why is the drum and bass scene so like beautiful to each other kind of thing? Because it's like, it just it, feels like it everyone there is so... Be, hey? is, is it it <sighs> didn't used to be, No, there was... When we were starting in like 2015, 2016, not going to drum and bass parties, but starting mm. to throw raves, there was so much infighting, bro. People from Cape Town used to make memes about us. Like the promoters there, they were like, if I lived in Joburg, I would just take you all and sit you down at a dinner and be like, come boys, let's talk. <laughs> and, like that guy who said that, I valued his opinion at the time, but now with retrospect, it's funny because there seems to be a bit of infighting in that scene. But I think we... Because it got so small, it was unpopular for a little bit and it was very niche for a little bit mm. uh, through like maybe 2017-18. Um, lots of people who were just like hangers-on or weren't really committed to the greater cause kind of like filtered out and they were like, the they failed the litmus test, if you will. Yeah. And now that it's a bit more, a bit more wholesome, people are like a bit more they are cognizant of what everyone else is doing. You know, the promoters talk to each other about who's on whose lineup so that there's not too much crossover. You know, we have this calendar that was set up by the guys from Propaganda and Science Friction back in the day that people used to like, all the drum and bass promoters, they put their parties in there, not to be like, I booked the state or I booked the state, but just like, if you're booking the state, this is what's happening. You yeah. Know? So there's a bit of like avo- avoidance and like easy division of the month. People ch- pick and choose their dates a bit more carefully. That helps. And I think people... I think we the drum and bass scene is just done with drama for a little bit, mm-hmm. at least in like the slightly older circles, the people who are kind of our peers. The younger scene, I don't really interact with that much. I book the people and I have great relationships with the DJs and the promoters, but they've got their own thing and we've got our own thing. And I think we're not like fighting over scraps anymore. You no, know? For a long can... time, I think we were fighting over like 100 people who were like actively into drum and bass mm-hmm. in Joburg for a bit, but now it's growing and... There's big parties that have contributed to that and small parties. And I think that's why the people are a bit more friendly 
collaborative, cooperative with each other. Here at Valve's podcast, this is I, I feel I almost feel bad. Yo, he's excited. Though. I'm not, I, it's not going to be me. This is going to be the yeah. yeah. This is this is our litmus test. Hey? <laughs> We're just testing the vibes. We just want the people to know the vibes. David, you want to ask it? I feel like I don't. I don't want to, but. Let me just, I mean, be sure I get the I did it last there. time and I felt bad. I feel like it's your turn. So it's the, the fuck, marry, kill question. Oof. <laughs> I'll get it. Okay. So it's going to be fuck, marry, kill, techno, heavy metal, and hip hop. Fuck, marry, kill, So it's. Kill techno. I, Ooh, I said strong. to lips. I said to lips. <laughs> <laughs> fuck hip hop. Okay. Marry metal. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, no techno. I in very short bursts. I'm in, and but then I'm out. Metal. I've it's like our home base, you know. So yeah. that's the marriage, and then hip hop. I fuck with. Yeah, yeah you know. I'm still so that's, that's, that's like my thought process behind that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also I think um, part of my like fundamentals were with techno. So I like learned. I was bad at music bad at electronic music when i was making techno so i have bad like feelings oh, associated yeah, yeah. Like, and also there's lots of memes about techno you know so like, many the memes. same tune can't double drop lots of like that kind of thing so, <laughs> yeah, trying to figure out what other genres you could double drop it <laughs> yeah i don't know that's there's like the that comes from like the formularity of drum and bass mm. you know like there's stuff that's very specific it's 16 mm. it's groups of 16 bars that like repeat in x and y sort of way there's usually 44 seconds before the drop that's like how it works you know and because you every it's like a, a universal standard almost like that wasn't ever agreed upon that people like okay this is how we're going to make drum and bass tunes so that they're all super double droppable and yeah. it makes it dank you know <laughs> you can have the stankiest double drops from two producers who have never met and those tunes have never collided but because both of them kind of bought into the the structures of like the non the so, pseudo agreed upon kind of formulas of drum and bass it makes this like amazing combinations always yeah. like these one plus one equal three thing that's always what you're looking for yeah no that's that's special about drum and bass and i think techno and house music there's too much fluidity mm-hmm. do you know what i mean there's no guidelines there's no like uh definitive structures you can have your fucking drop on the third beat of the bar i've literally seen it happen mm. but and that's what creates the tension with like doing double drops mm-hmm. that's beautiful so for all you tech heads out there conform make up a set of rules no one talks about (laughs) (laughs) everybody come up with your own rules we'll try and follow them don't speak about it (laughs) oh that's jokes man oh man celebs I hear you are permanently the designated Dave hey designated Dave yeah the driver there oh yeah a little bit yeah Yeah, no it's that's um you're like the rave dad almost you know you like get everyone there in one piece and get everyone back in one piece I'm sure it takes a piece of your soul every time, but yes, <laughs> how do you not? <laughs> I was there, bro. I did that, you know. For a good chunk, I was the designated Dave. And that's okay. But yeah, never again. <laughs> yeah, never again. <laughs> For me, it's just like, you know, you just want to be appreciated. David sent me this. I want to be appreciated. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it since like we were in matric, like taking us to Madison Avenue, Joel's and shit like that. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't know when you're grown you're kind of like 
so for me now in the past like two months of my life i'm like i'm gonna do what i want to do mm. and if you're there for it that's great if not then sorry on the wayside yes but yeah i don't i choose not to look after people anymore that's a trap yeah. no that is a trap uh, it's just your whole night potentially ruined for no gain do you know what i mean if you thankless speak words of truth about <laughs> <laughs> the time because i'm usually with lebs as well the amount of times like our night's been like we're looking for this person yes and it's like four hours of searching where did chris go where the fuck is chris that's you what know? Saying, yeah. for, oh chris is a greg, yeah, greg. <laughs> oh chris is a greg it's quite and you york's just getting wrecked huh i mean yeah that basically yeah <laughs> There was a point that, that I think it was like last year at one point and you could see it started taking a toll on him because he, I remember he was driving and then I, I stay alone he stays in like more four-way side and then he literally stopped and he's like, you find an Uber? And I was like, I could see, I was like, yeah, don't stress. <laughs> don't stress, my guy. <laughs> like it took so much for him because we've we've been lifting like together for yeah, six years crazy. now. Oh, crazy. And he was literally like, Dave, please. <laughs> I need this. I've never asked you for a favor in my entire life. But this one, the worst is when we have strays. So it's like, you're yes. like trying to bum lifts from you and stuff. You're like, yeah, that's cool. And then you arrive together and then they want to leave like an hour before and you're like, but I want to <laughs> keep going. Dude, I had this crazy story that um, we were at a rave and I was driving home, driving everybody's home. And one of our homies, rather keep it anonymous, he had this girl that was with him. They were kind of dating, kind of just having a shag on the side. But and it was time to go home. And I was like, boys, it's like 2.30 or whatever. I'm, I'm done. We're going. Mm -hmm. We're good. Yeah. And then this shit gets in my car without even like saying, how's it, dude? <laughs> without even like saying, how's it? She's so where are we going? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and then... She was, I was in the driver's seat and then there was five of us. So she was in the middle in the back seat, right? Yeah. And then I look in my rear view mirror and there's this chick looking straight. <laughs> like smiling. Like <laughs> Gets out of the car and I'm like, oh, hey, dude. And she's like, oh, hey. <laughs> Thank you so much. Where have you been? Oh, dude. Yeah, no, I feel oh, the geez. hangers on deeply, bro. God damn. No oh, Thank goodness there wasn't like a, where's Soister? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Just hit on brakes real hard. Like, I guess I don't know where he is. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, my favorite my favorite point when you stopped driving, right? Or when, when you're when you're getting angry about it is when like there would be a jolt coming up. And, what kind of story? And just hold on. There'd be a jolt jolt coming up, right? And like Davey, I, other people, this is long ago, right? Because when it first started to ick you, and then we all sitting there, we're like, yeah, so like, cool, we'll go there. Um, and then yeah, we'll do this, this, and this. And then Lib's like is sitting there like waiting for someone to ask him. Yeah. Like just ask if he can drive. <laughs> but we all assumed we were getting fucked that night. <laughs> you should have just hit them with the outed cars in the shop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, car breakdown. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, boys. Mm. <laughs> he did that a few times. He was like, he was like, I'm not going. <laughs> he's like, yeah. yeah no, that, was, that was his big thing. He's like, I shouldn't feel like going out no, tonight. And I'm like, you're at the like, crease. No, no, you're no, like, everyone's putting on deodorant. You're like, no, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Lips, come on. You got to draw, man. You gotta... oh, that's How much is the Uber? <laughs> the worst is when you start seeing people like, Trying to do maths of who's in my car, like at a prize. Yes. They're like, okay, so I know that's David's five. There. Yeah. <laughs> That seems like too many people. God damn. But your story about the two people or the person getting in your car. Yeah. I literally had that happen to me last no, month. No, dude. It literally yeah. happened to me last month. Like, and it was two people. Two people that didn't ask. I don't know them. I was so hacked. 
But it's always that one friend that's like, it's cool, right? And you're like, yeah, cool. exactly. Do you guys know... It's the long shot. Grosvenor Crossing, right? Yes. You know there's that school right there and it's got like 20 bumps on that road. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> we, went to, we went to that school. We went to Brunson yeah. Primary. We yeah. fucking... There was a, a situation where I had seven people in my car. So it was like two in the front seat, me in the front seat, three in the back, and then there was Ryan. Ryan Johnson. I don't know if you know him, but he's one of our best mates. He's in the fucking boots. And also spiteful about the fact that i was driving that i'm like I'm taking a detour down this bumpy oh, no. with this guy in the boot of my phone oh it was so funny and then our one friend nick simmons who lives in the uk now he was like at some point he clicked that we were going the wrong way and that we were going on the bumps and car quiet and i just do 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 right in the back and then nick just starts laughing. he like clicked with what happened Oh, dude. Oh, so, yeah, if you've ever got, if you ever overloaded, that's my bet. Take a detour past one of those schools with like 17 bumps. Yeah, Speed. <laughs> Necessary. Fuck sakes. Oh. We hate it. Oh. oh, man. Boom. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, your metal roots. Mm. I'm interested because, like, I'm still into metal a lot. Um, metal. What's your favorite <laughs> bands at the moment? I've been listening to the new Periphery album a lot. I love the new Periphery album. Not really metal, but I listen to quite a lot of Polyphia. That's pretty cool. Um, my brother and I are huge Tool fans, so we go way back with that. Um, alternatively, I've been listening, I don't know if it's metal, but Sleep Token. I've been listening to a lot of Sleep Token. Those are weird masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're too, pretty yeah. cool. Uh, aside from that, not much. No, that's like the metal that I'm listening to at the moment. But of Opeth, I listen to quite a lot of Opeth, and then I listen to a lot of Dream Theater and that kind of music but that music's for nerds <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to describe it and i think we've kind of taken to describing it like that that we're it's a different service that we're providing yeah. you know mm. i don't think oh there's this one guy in the techno scene who always describes us like you're not going to a club night you're going to a concert you know that's mm. like i think what is important for us that there's drama and theatrics and like no um yeah, like there's big highs and big lows. It must be like almost like operatic, you know. It must be larger than life because otherwise if it's just you watching that DJ against a blank wall, the same thing every time, it's like cool. But your suspension of disbelief and your disattachment from reality is only so much. But if mm. you can like get into people's senses, like the way it smells, I'm sure you've seen the diffusers at Sinage mm -hmm. and um, like mm -hmm. the way it sounds, the way like the food, the drink, all if all your senses are like well catered for, then you can properly disassociate from what's happening in your nine to five and that's like a big thing with signage you know you have to be able to be yeah be someone that you can't be in your corporate job and that's the important thing i think oh, so that makes me feel so much better for fucking alienating out on the dance floor like dude becoming a fucking absolute i don't want to say goblin but like, that's what it feels like sometimes yeah it's important man and also I feel like when you have that shared connection with people, it becomes an even elevate, more elevated thing. You know, you everyone connects to each other and to the music and everyone has shared memory. And that shared memory is like how culture starts. You know, mm. you're the first mm. guy eats a mushroom, then the next guy eats a mushroom, you know, They're, they share that together. And that this is our version of that in the 21st century. This is weird stuff. People connect over cuck and they also disconnect over cuck as well, like difference in political opinion or like the DA versus the ANC or like all of that's just like, oh, dude, my mind is sore from thinking about that. But if you put 
400 people who come from vastly different walks of life, different socioeconomic, different political, different everything, but they all have a shared thing, even between the metal, the drum bass, the techno, all the different mm. parties, there's like a more fundamental connection ground for people. You know, there's something that a shared space. People don't can look past their differences. And that's cool about Sonic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Especially in South Africa. South Africa's so fucked, bro. So that if you can like get <laughs> if you can get like people to release from that and like there's never load shedding at Sonage. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. the generator, the power's always on, the fucking jaw's always happening. So at least for like eight hours, you don't have to think about load shedding. <laughs> yeah. It's like stuff like that. I still have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I think about it is the same reason you don't have to think about yeah, it. Like, I'm making the sacrifice yeah. for you. <laughs> I think about so much so that you can fucking dissociate. Not dissociate. <laughs> if I catch you associating. So it's like, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just picture the generator like hooked up to a hamster wheel and you're like fuck <laughs> that's where we keep Alex Turner you guys know <laughs> he's never at the bar yeah exactly every time I need him to do something I have to get him off that goddamn hamster wheel <laughs> <laughs> there's always yeah. random points in that like when I'm like oh we should say goodbye to Alex because like we're leaving and then it's like he's just disappeared and then yeah. now at least we know <laughs> back to the wheel so, so give me the Good vibe, mid vibe, bad vibe on the green room during the Joel hair. What, what, there was lots of stuff happening in that green room. That, at that was the most fever dreamish thing I've been in. Because we didn't want to say shit about it. Because I, we I've were been like, in one, so we one time. I went to go speak to Alex about something. So he was like, oh, do you want to come see the green room? Because he was like so proud of it as well. And we were just in the bathroom. So he was showing me everything. And I was like, I can't imagine being here in a Joel. And then like that time when Alex was like, just, just come in. And I was like, Mm, so yeah, scary. if you get the nod, bro. Oh, it, it's it's beautiful. I think what? it's just so yeah. nice. For me, the nicest part is like with drum and bass. Everyone's so kind there, so it's like you could be there, and all mm. DJs are like, "Oh, you guys are yeah, that's so sick to see you." Kind yeah, of thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. It's scary. It's scary. It's a, every, that night was scary. What was yeah. going on? <laughs> there was so much. For me, it was the point where. I'll say it, but fuck it. Yeah. If you have to, you can. When David <laughs> was busy holding up Renee Levice in a fucking dirty, dirty dancing, fucking <laughs> old, then you walk in and you're like, guys, you're making a scene. And I'm like, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. You let us in your house and we break the artist. Nah, that's cool, dude. <sighs> you, you couldn't have. The scene that that guy made in Cape Town, everything in Joburg was chilled. Bro. <laughs> was he just living? Dude, he's like. He was an absolute machine, bro. He was an absolute machine. Mm. He would send it so hard every night. For Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And every morning, I was the one picking him up the next day. Fresh, dude. Yeah. Showered, okay, how's it going? deodorant, mouth smells clean, ready to go. The most functional oak I've ever seen. So that guy lives his best fucking life. But when it comes time to work, he's there. He's there mm. 8.30, catch the flights. He's mm. like ready to go, you know? So... He lives, but you have to be able to back that up with your work ethic. Yeah, if, if you if you fuck out, then you know, it's the end of your bookings, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah well, respect to that guy, dude. Your big respect to him. Because Alex was saying, because I went and I saw the Jack Daniels, I was in the hand consistently, and I was like, surely he must have been throughout the whole night. And I was like, no, he was sober for his set. And I was like, yeah, ah. I think he had his first drink like only like sixty minutes into his set. So it's the whole like first two thirds of his yeah. set he was like completely chilled. I was yeah. like, that's impressive. <laughs> Imagine pre gaming for after your set during your <laughs> you set. You know, it's gonna go like, off. Fuck's sake, we're about to go off for it. Bro, I'm not gonna say which one, but one of the DJs that we had, the internationals, at the end of the jaw, we're there, we're kind of stuck, I'm fucked up, you know, like it's I'm done with this now. And this looks like 
he's like nudge nudging Debbie about an after party, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> there's no after party. We've been jolling for three days. It's time to yeah, go please, sleep. Please, please. Yeah, exactly. You've got a late checkout tomorrow. It's all like, uh, just sleep. I need my moment of clarity and you yeah, can't right. be here for it. Exactly. I'm not delaying my victory lap yeah. for your cut. <laughs> and he comes to see you, he's like, hey, Francois, I delayed my flight. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? This after is so much fun. We're going to do another event. Yeah, like, what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I think those are also wrecked by the end of it because you're like flying in 12 to 13 hours. You're there for three days and those three days are jawling Thursday night, performing Friday, Saturday nights and you're flying out Sunday. Some of them have a jet lag. Some of them have a time zone change and stuff. And I think it fucking wrecks you, especially when it's like they're back in London or wherever on Tuesday. And then Thursday, they fly out again for like the next set. You oh, know, so you're not really like chilling ever. Mm-hmm. Your your weekend is Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing. Yeah. That's deep. And, you know, international flying. I think a lot of these DJs, they pre-pandemic when stuff was a bit juicier they all used to fly business class but that doesn't happen anymore mm, yeah. so that's also part of why i think south africans have a bit more access now to mid-level internationals i think the the andy C's of the world still fly business class but i think the <laughs> mid-level anything below the absolute headliners you can get away with economy flights and stuff now oh. so you're doing that mission with economy flights is deep dude that's, yeah, yeah. Oh. good francois We've had a fucking beautiful time chatting to you. Yeah, lack of works. Yeah, man. Oh. We hope you enjoyed it as well. I loved it. Yeah, oh, where can good. the people find you on the socials? Um, it's at Repulse on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, and very occasionally TikTok. But I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm too much of a boomer for that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have you on this soon. Yeah, yeah exactly. I believe <laughs> there's anyone that can do that. it. It's the Bob's boys. <laughs> Yes, boys. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Vibes. We've had a fucking a magical time. Davey? Thank you so much, guys. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Amazon Podcasts. We're everywhere, man. It's everywhere. We're YouTube accessible. for the video. And follow the Instagram. Like the Facebook. I don't know why that's been bumping off as well. Facebook? I don't know how. Fuck it's Facebook. the Tannies, bro. I was so shocked <laughs> we've been getting it so scary now. It's Davey. They want Davey. Yeah, oh, we must tell you about that. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming back to another episode of Vibe Podcast. We've yeah, been Vibe Podcast. And from Dill, Davey Delicious D, and myself, Captain Lebrazol, keep vibing. Gunshots. Thank you.